Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the 8 to 5 Club. My name is Corey, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. Today we have snare drum extraordinaire Sebastian Martinez. Sebastian marched the Blue Coats from 2019 to 2023, uh, as well as Pulse and Monarch indoor percussion. Um, so today we are talking about percussion leadership. And so Sebastian, you know, we thought was a great person to bring on. And I think that his insights today are going to be very valuable. So Sebastian, thanks so much for coming on. Why don't you start by describing how you viewed your role within the percussion section or, you know, the group as a whole, the drum corps, you know, from the outside, you're visibly the center snare, right? But like, what was your leadership role? What was kind of under the surface that maybe people wouldn't know? A big goal for me every single year coming back to the Blue Coats, even from the first year, was just to kind of um, have a, a different goal for myself every year. So, you know, my very first year was just, this is my first ever drum corps experience. Like, it was just about getting the most that I could out of drum corps, having the most fun, you know, d- living the dream, basically. Um, and then after that, it became, you know, how do I become a good veteran member um, without having like an actual leadership role? How do I still just set a good example for, you know, new members? And this was coming out of COVID and into the 2021 um, summer. So for me, you know, it was really important um, seeing that as things would have it, I would likely be in a leadership role in the next year. So it's, it's you know, how can I take good leadership traits from the leaders that are in the core right now and try to form that into how I want to lead in, in the next few years? And so then in 2022, whenever I was in a leadership role for the first time in the core, it was, you know, how do I become a good leader? Um, how can I just try to be as good as I can on day one, but also see how I, how much I can grow throughout the summer and be the best for my section. And then after that season, it ended up being pretty successful for us. So going into my age out was, you know, how can I be a better leader for just the entire core as well? You know, trying to leave my scope out of um, just the battery section or even just the percussion, but just trying to be good for the entire core and just try to help the rest of our leadership team just be a good leadership team, start from a good baseline, and then just help each other out as best as we can. And in this last year, um, I was the only member that had been there since 2019 all the way through. So it was, I was kind of put in that kind of position of, um, you know, being this five-year vet member that um, has had all the experiences from throughout and been there for, for the different the different stages in which the Blue Coats have been in these last five years. And, and how can I use that um, to help the rest of the members that maybe have only been here for the last year um, and just how things have changed, maybe how things have changed for the better and just try to be that kind of voice for them to, to help them in these, in these years. So yeah, it was definitely, you know, an evolving process throughout all of my years at the Blue Coats, but I think it definitely helped to, to kind of, you know, keep my scope from being uh, a lot smaller at the beginning and then just trying to increase that, increase my, my range and my, um, kind of uh, my reach within the core as well. Yeah, that's an awesome perspective to have. And my situation was kind of similar. You know, I'd, I'd been just a member. And so my first couple of years, it was like, okay, I'm just going to make sure I can do my gig and not disrupt anybody else. And then, you know, as you go on, it's like, okay, other people are starting to look at me now as an example. So how can I, how can I step up as a leader, even if I'm not in a leadership position? And also, 
being able to, you know, have that leadership title for more than one year is also great. And I love how you describe it, how you kind of, you know, maybe your first year, like 2022, you're kind of focused just on like the percussion section, making sure that's the best it can be. And then, you know, 2023, now you have that experience and now you're kind of looking outward to the whole core. Um, So what are the, like the technical responsibilities of being like a percussion section leader or like a center snare? Um, Like obviously there's like timing and listening responsibilities. And then what are the like more leadership aspects? Um, Like for example, some groups have more than one like section leader, even within the battery, they'll have, you know, bass drum section leader, tenor section leader, or they might just have the center snare is the guy or the girl for the whole percussion section. So like, you know, what's the difference between the technical responsibilities of a percussion leader and the leadership responsibilities? Yeah, so um, I think what's interesting about maybe the percussion section leaders, from my experience, versus um, maybe some of the other sections in drum corps, are that you know that the section leaders in the battery specifically, at least, um, are kind of expected to also be maybe some of the best players on there. Um, so you know we're typically like soloists or things like that. Um, so we're typically you know, required to kind of also uphold the the top of the the technical abilities within our own section, as well as the leadership responsibilities. Um, So that's definitely a part of it as far as, you know, the technical aspect of it is just being able to not only be an example of just a good member, but also just you have to be the best example when it comes to actually playing your instrument and producing the right sound qualities Mm -hmm. and all these things. So, um, you know, which is a fine responsibility for me. I don't mind having that. I think it keeps me um, going, keep trying to get better and, and doesn't allow me to, to kind of get get too comfortable, you know, when you've been there a while. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it keeps me on my toes and, and allows me to just still have uh, a good time getting better without, you know, having to get all these comments. But um, when it comes to leadership within the percussion section, my first year being a leader in 2022, um, it was me, the, the snare section leader, and then we had a quad section leader as well. Um, but we didn't have a bass section leader because our baseline was entirely rookies. Um, so that was just, just also a different experience of, of having to be one of those leadership positions for the baseline as well. Um, they did have some people that kind of stepped up to, you know, some pseudo leadership positions, but it was nothing ever that was um, set in stone. So for me, um, especially kind of had to be that for the baseline, which um, was definitely difficult at times, but I think it, it it helped to make up for it in this last season when we did have a base section leader because we had vets return and things like that. But yeah, so typically it would be a snare section leader, quad section leader, base section leader, uh, but I kind of took on the role as, you know, overall battery section leader, which rarely ever had to be um, an actual position. But, you know, in cases where I had to kind of make calls for the entire battery, that's kind of where that came from. But, you know, in leadership meetings, it would always, you know, all three of us, if if there were the three of us, um, would be at those meetings. So I would make sure that everyone did have their equal voice. And, and it was always a very, a very comfortable and uh, and just healthy, you know, relationship between all the section leaders to be in. Yeah, one thing I that is a huge part of like any leadership role in the marching arts is, you know, you're a little higher up on the chain of command. So basically, at least in my experience, staff will come to you first. They'll come to the section leaders first before they, you know, go to the membership or they'll just 
give you information or ask you something and expect you to pass that along or, you know, ask the people um, in your section, which I, I see that on the field. I see how that happens. And it's, I think if you're like, like a brass section leader or battery section leader, someone who's like on the field, you're doing, you know, you have your own show to worry about. I think that leading by example is like what you do honestly most of the time, just because, you know, you don't have time to like turn around and tell people what to do, how to do things, what they're doing wrong. But there are definitely times where you can see section leaders need to have their eye on everybody. So jumping in when there's, you know, when rehearsal etiquette is kind of slipping, um, like knowing when and how to speak up and use your voice is also, it's kind of a skill that you have to learn. So like, what's your take on that? Like, did you have a learning curve where you had to realize like, okay, now this is an opportunity where I can step up and use my voice. Like what what, what was that like for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, Those, that, that specific one was one that I had to learn honestly, both seasons in different ways Um, because I'm not a very like confrontational person. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely try to do more of the lead by example than, than the speaking up things. But, um, I definitely did have to, you know, learn through, you know, maybe some struggles along the way that, you know, sometimes you do actually have to speak up. Um, in my first year being a section leader in 2022, um, the snare line specifically had a lot of just older members, you know, people, a lot of age outs, a lot of people that just have had a lot of drum corps experience. So, that was definitely just an interesting environment for me being a section leader that wasn't aging out, having to lead, you know, a bunch of age outs, a lot of people that have a lot of experience in a lot of different cores and, um, you know, have a lot of valuable things to say and trying to facilitate all of that was definitely, you know, a battle that I had to fight the whole time between, you know, me who has just lived and breathed the blue coats experience saying, okay, going between, I understand, you know, where everyone else is coming from and trying to mold the blue coat snare line into being, you know, this year's snare line, it doesn't have to be what every other year's snare line has been, you know, trying to make it a place where everyone has their voice, but still under the umbrella of, okay, this is still how the blue coats do things. And this is, you know, there's a certain filter that we kind of have to have everything through. So that was definitely the struggle in in my first year. And then this past year was almost the opposite problem where we had a lot of people which that didn't have the most experience, a lot of younger members. Um, and so that, especially early on, was especially important for me to kind of sometimes, I don't want to say set my foot down, but kind of say like, this is how we're going to do things and just kind of lay that out, which for a lot of them, honestly, kind of helped them because that's kind of how they, what they were used to is like, okay, this kind of structure, like this is what we're doing. This needs to be consistent. This is what we're going to do every time. And it was helpful for me to kind of find my voice in that way um, to where you know, like a lot of times like the instructional staff like didn't even need to be there. And it was just kind of me like almost pseudo running rehearsal, whether it's in like visual block and saying, okay, we're going to play this rep. We're not going to play this rep. We're going to check this chunk. We're going to play on the rim. Um, Only these people are going to play, you know, little things like that, which, um, you know, not only just help the rehearsal process go along, but it was also just kind of fun for us of just kind of like taking ownership of our rehearsal um, and just, you know, changing things up so that it doesn't just get monotonous, especially as you go throughout spring training and it gets so long and bogged down. So little things like that um, definitely helped me in trying to find my voice. And I think we're better off in the end because of it. Yeah, that's that's so that's so great to hear. Like that that is ultimate end goal, right? Is to be self-sufficient and make the staff's job as easy as possible, right? Like they're here to teach you. And if you're 
if you're ready to go, if you know, you've done all that you can, then you're going to maximize your rehearsal time. And I think this all kind of touches on, I, I think, a big spot where leaders, like especially new, new leaders, like younger leaders, they get caught up in trying to replicate how things have been in the past. Um, you know, modeling exactly how their section leader or their drum major did things. And the number one thing that I've learned about, like, being a successful drum corps is that when you get caught up in that stuff, that's where you start to have issues. And the key is drum corps, high school, like any kind of group, you have to, like, meet everybody where they are at the beginning of the season. Because every year it's a new group of people, new personalities, they want different things out of the summer than, you know, people did before. And so like your job as a leader is not to come in and put them into a mold of what you did before, but it's to get in there early, evaluate who are, like, who are these people? Like, what do they want from me? Like, what is our vibe together? And then that it informs how you lead. And it sounds like for you, like you really have kind of lived that, like even, you know, from 2022 to 2023, it's like, even though you did the thing in 2022, it doesn't mean you're going to do it the same way in 23. So that's, yeah, big point. Write that down, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I also wanted to ask, you kind of talked about this a little bit. What was it like for you to like work with the rest of the leadership team? So for Blue Devils, this last year, and I just kind of talked about this this last episode, but we really prioritized having all the section leaders meet once a week. And um, I think a lot of the times in drum corps, we can get really kind of caught up in our own captions. And there's something to be said about, you know, if, you know, you build a really strong caption, if all the sections are really strong, then, you know, when you put each, put everyone together on the field, it'll be strong. But then also there's an approach where you can be more cross caption more more integrated in like in the whole of the drum corps. So basically, long way of asking you, what was kind of the vibe like? Like, what was your working relationship with the other leaders in the drum corps? Yeah, so um, I have to give a shout out to the 2023 leadership team. Um, it, it was pretty great, um, especially coming from 2022. It, it, there were definitely a lot of struggles that we had in 2022 of just communication between sections and Although we did have leadership meetings, it was a lot of times it just felt like we were kind of like afraid to maybe say what we were really thinking a lot of the times. And it just kind of felt a little bit passive. Um, but this year, we really did a good job of just tackling things head on. And, uh, you know, if maybe we had some issues, we would bring it up. And it was all out of complete respect for each other and ended up being a lot better just overall in the end. Um, you know, we would meet weekly, like you said, um, a very similar situation. Um, and it was, it was just felt like a a good space to where we didn't have to worry about seeing everyone as, you know, this section, this section, and this section kind of coming together, but it was just, we were a leadership team. And from there we could kind of go through our different issues and, you know, things that are going well, things that aren't going well, um, within our own section as well as other sections. And it became this place where we could, you know, just be venting a little bit just on our own, you know, be, be real people with each other. Um, and then funnel that through, you know, this leadership role that we have and say, you know, how can we figure this out? How can, you know, let's say the, the tuba section is doing really well, but the guard section isn't doing that well this week. Um, how can, you know, ways that the tubas are doing well, what, what can they do to help out maybe how the guard leadership is doing or 
things like that um, definitely just helped a lot where we could be, be just really transparent with each other and just help each other out along the way. It was, it was really great this year. Yeah, we had kind of a similar thing, like different sections had strengths and weaknesses. And so it was really helpful to get insight from, you know, maybe the color guard captains um, sharing like certain tricks or certain things that they do to help lock in their section to, you know, rehearsal or into a show. Um, and, you know, maybe other sections are struggling with that. So uh, the, the, others, the other section leaders are like, okay, maybe maybe I'll try that. Or, you know, here's something that I do. Let's try that. And I think um, making sure that the whole entire leadership team is meeting regularly is very important because you want everybody on the field to have the same expectations to, you know, be rehearsing the same way. Um, because let's just say the battery, you know, if, if the battery has a different kind of protocol for how they do things on the field, that's going to confuse the, you know, the tubas or the trumpets next to them. Um, so unifying what your expectations are and like, yeah, be, not being afraid to like also lead other sections sometimes, like when it's the time and place to do that. I think that's super important. We're going to, we're going to switch gears a little bit. So, um, I wanted to talk about ensemble timing and tempo. So on the field, like we are talking about the relationship between a drum major, usually has a drum major, and the center snare or just the battery in general, because there's so much, like we can make a whole other episode about this, but this is one of the most difficult things that drum majors will have to do. So I'll, I'll just explain from my drum major perspective, how I was taught um, that that like tempo relationship works. So basically, for 90 to 95% of the show, my job is to watch the feet of the center snare, or if I can't see the feet of the center snare, you know, the, the center quad player or someone in the battery. And my conducting, the tempo of my conducting should match exactly from what I see in the feet. Basically, the battery's never going to watch me, pretty much never, not, not always, but pretty much never going to watch me, and I have to go with their tempo and then deal with whatever else comes after that. So I'm interested to hear, like, from your side, what was the staff's expectation of, like, how you controlled tempo or how you interacted with the drum major, if at all? I would say we have a, a really good ensemble coordination staff um, headed by... Ryan Kilgore, um, who does a really great job of just kind of blending all of those things together and making sure that everyone knows their responsibilities and knows, you know, the little adjustments and things to make. Um, in my experience, I try my best to keep an awareness at the very least of what's going on with the drum major's hands at all times. Um, even if, you know, I don't actually have to be watching those. Yeah, I mean, it's very pretty much exactly what you just said. Anytime that I'm playing, anytime that I'm like actually playing a chunk, um, I'm not watching the hands. I'm just doing my thing, just keeping tempo going. I'm mostly worried about, you know, me keeping my tempo driving and doing what I need to do for the people standing right next to me. Um, and then anytime that I'm not playing, my eyes go directly to the drum majors. And, you know, I'm making sure that we are latched on together. You know, I'm making sure that things are just consistent from rep to rep, to rep that any little bit that I've heard of, okay, like our next entrance tends to be a little bit late, then okay, I'll anticipate over the hands a little bit and do that. Um, but of course, all of that is just depends on the chunk, depends on the situation in the show. If it's a brass moment, 
I'm not expecting the drum majors to be watching me if I'm going backfield behind a prop, you know. So at that at points like that, I'm very much aware of drum majors' hands and kind of anticipating what's about to happen. Um, but yeah, I would say, especially with blue coat shows, uh, ensemble timing can definitely be a thing that happens. Um, it's definitely projects that happen all summer long. So it's, it's all about, you know, dying, dialing those little things down. If I notice, you know, there's a certain tendency that happens after we come in and, you know, uh, I notice it, like if I'm watching like an ensemble video, I'm like, okay, that's a little bit weird. Then, you know, maybe I'll talk to one of the drum majors during that time and during a break and say, Hey, like, how does this feel to you? Um, like, does it feel like my entrance is fine? Does it feel like so on and so forth? So I, I also just try to diagnose that thing. So, um, so that it doesn't end up being a problem up top in the box. You know, the more that we can do just member to member, leader, le- leader to leader, um, and we can try to knock that stuff out, then we try to do that as quick as possible as well. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, like, you know, just checking in on water breaks, like, you know, if you're a drum major, like, build that relationship with your center snare super quick, and just having that, like, open communication, it's going to fix so many things, and you're going to you're gonna get called out from the box less. Um and yeah, so like this topic is like one of the most common questions I get asked by by drum majors is how do you keep a steady tempo in the field? How do you get tempo? Like what do you do if there's a tear? And it's tough because the answer is it depends. And it's there are a lot of things that are require just experience and like very subtle corrections on the hands. So I think the biggest things, like as a drum major, you have to know who is watching your hands and who isn't. It's not good or bad, you know, whether or not people are watching your hands. Like the battery, don't expect them to watch your hands. There might be like actual physical things where people are behind props, they can't see your hands or they're on a certain side of the field. So if, you know, if there's a tear or if something's happening with the timing on the field, you have to adjust your hands um, knowing that this certain group is watching you um, and your goal is to correct that slowly over maybe a bar or two. Like you never really want to try to like snap back into it if you if you find there's something tearing. And also knowing like this is so complicated. And and you know if you're a drum major, listen to your staff. Like drum staff is always very knowledgeable. If you have some kind of um, you know ensemble coordinating like staff person like we did, um, listen to them. But like you have to be smart about it because there are situations where maybe the batteries at the back of the field, the brass is up at the front and they have a, everyone has a unison attack together. Like you have to know that you can't conduct too far ahead of the beat or the brass are going to be early. So it takes a lot of, a lot of experience, I think. Um, but general rule, learning how to watch the feet and read sticks too sometimes. Like if, if you can't see, the drummer's feet or if they're standing still at a halt like learn how to read you know downbeats when they're drumming very valuable skill and that's gonna you know that's gonna account for 90 percent of your your tempo responsibilities yeah absolutely and to kind of piggyback on a few things that you said so about the adjusting part um that was definitely something that i thought about a lot was you know how much do i adjust because obviously if i'm in charge of the tempo then i can just speed up a little bit right here and get us back on track but there were definitely times where throughout the summer, like there would be a rep where I just wouldn't adjust. And, you know, people around, like people in my section or maybe even a staff member say like, oh, like, why didn't you fix this? And I, my first thought is, well, the drum majors are watching me. If I make this adjustment and they don't hear it get off, 
then they're not going to know that there's a problem. But if I do what I know how to do, I keep my tempo consistent and there ends up being a tear, they know, okay, maybe there needs to be something here that, that I'm aware of. So it's about also just trying to meet them in the middle and just trying to have respect for, okay, I'm going to let them do their job as well and me be consistent. And the more consistent that we can be together, the more that we can find out um, what needs to be fixed. And then uh, what you're talking about, about learning what the actual sticks are doing, um, another shout out to Finley, always doing a great job of just yes. like there'd be random <laughs> water breaks. They'd walk up to me and say, okay, Hey, can you play this for me right now? Play, you know, this thing that you play right here. Can you play it for me right now? Uh, or like, Hey, can I take a video of you playing this with the metronome? And, and you know, they would go back and, and watch it and study it and memorize what, you know, what the sticks look like. And so huge shout out to them for doing that. Um, cause I know a lot of the stuff that we play could definitely be a little bit tricky to figure out with the with the downbeats so oh yeah definitely yeah we love finley i'm sure like i'm very positive that you guys do this most drum corps do this but having at least the head drum major go to percussion ensemble usually it's you know the half hour or hour before full ensemble rehearsal um you know just to like be able to practice it without the brass in the way and like learning how to read feet read sticks um, before everybody else comes in like if if you know you're a high school band program and maybe you don't do that maybe ask your band director you know if you think that's going to be valuable to you because i know that was always super helpful to me just to get those extra reps in we get i mean <laughs> i think we'll leave it at that in terms of uh timing and tempo and all that stuff this is pretty much the end of our episode here last question i wanted to ask you is just if you have any advice for uh, maybe a high schooler or someone in drum corps who just got promoted, I guess, to uh, to section leader, uh, center snare, whatever. Um, like, what's what's your advice for them? Yeah, I think my number one advice is just to you know meet meet your other section or meet your section in the middle um, and just be real with them. You know, like it's it's okay to be honest with them. Do it coming from a place of being at the same level as them. At the end of the day, you're all in the same group, you're all in the same band, you're all in the same drum corps, you're all paying the same fees, you know, you're all doing the same work every day. So you have to make sure that they also understand that, um, that you don't see yourself above them, even if you are in a leadership role, you still have to be just another member, same as them. Um, and so be honest with them, but also let them have a space where they can be honest with you as well. And it feels like a collaborative effort. Um, more so than anything else because the last thing you want to do is finish the season and say okay like we did pretty well but now I can't I don't really feel like I can talk to any of the people that I marched with because you know there's some weird tension between us like at the end of the day you want to be friends with everyone Um, you want to have a good relationship with those people um, because that'll that'll mean more to you in the end than any score that you get or anything like that this has been a very uh, enlightening episode Really enjoyed talking to you. I hope that you all listening can get some valuable information from Sebastian here. Thank you so much again for coming on. And catch us for part two of our percussion leadership interview. See ya.